Hi, this is Keisha, and I welcome you to this episode of Face to Face Podcast. So today, I am going to dig in to the topic of Jesus the Revolutionary. I had mentioned in my previous podcast that I was going to talk about um, a chapter in Frank Viola's book called Pagan Christianity. Uh, I've just been feeling that in order for us to really get to a place where we can delve deeper into that face-to-face relationship with Jesus, we first have to be willing to let go of some of the belief systems that we have already built that may be hindering us from being able to do so. And I believe that one of the things that God has even been working on in my own heart is the way that we view our Christianity and the church itself and how we function within the body of Christ. What it truly means to be a disciple of Christ must first be based on the truth about who he is. In order for our foundations to be laid properly, he has to be our cornerstone. And I really love the fact that we serve Jesus the Revolutionary. Now, revolutionary is defined as radically new or innovative outside of or beyond established procedure. So if you are familiar at all with the Gospels, Jesus was very well known for stepping outside of what the religious constraints told him he could or could not do. Now it says in Frank Viola's chapter on Jesus the Revolutionary, he says that Jesus was never never a rabble rouser nor a ranting rebel. And he quotes Matthew twelve, nineteen through twenty. And that is referencing a quote from Isaiah where it says he will not quarrel or cry aloud nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he shall not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory. You know, so Jesus had a mission but he was not going to stand in the streets and shout and make himself heard. He had a mission, but his mission was focused on one thing and one thing alone. And that's what we're going to talk about. One of the things that really stood out to me um, was how Frank Viola talks about Jesus um healing a blind man on the Sabbath day. And he was actually breaking Jewish law by using spit and making mud. 
And it's quoted in the footnote that in the Mishnah, it's stated, to heal a blind man on the Sabbath, it is prohibited to inject wine into his eyes. It is also prohibited to make mud with spittle and smear it in his eyes. And that's quoted from Shabbat 108.20. And I found it so incredibly mind-blowing that Jesus did what he did knowing that he was breaking a Jewish law. He was a rabbi. He knew what he was doing. He knew the people that were witnessing him doing this were going to object to what he was doing. And yet, he was not deterred. Jesus was had come to bring drastic change into the world. His main objective was to change man's view of God. He wanted people to see who God really was. These, these laws and these rules and regulations that were being placed on people were like a millstone around their neck. It was a heavy burden that no one could live up to. Jesus refused to bow to religious conformity and would not tolerate hypocrisy. He provoked those who suppressed the gospel. He provoked those who were keeping the good news of who God really was and his heart for humanity. He wanted people to know what the Father was truly like. And so it was his mission to change the way that God was worshipped by being a living example of who God is here on the face of the earth. You see, Jesus didn't come to change the church or the religious systems. That was not his desire. His passion was to put you and me at the center of God's beating heart. It was what stirred Jesus to pray the high priestly prayer that he prayed in John 17, starting in 17, where it says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus desired for people to know the truth about God. He sanctified, he consecrated himself so that we would be sanctified in the truth about who God is. Our holiness, we, we are to be holy as he is holy, 
but our holiness truly comes from understanding the love that God has for each one of us individually. Jesus was passionate about our freedom because it is the truth that sets us free. He wanted us to live from that experience of who God the Father really is. I compare it to the abolitionist movement. Jesus was a vigilante, but it was for an upside-down kingdom. Typically, a vigilante will go after the bad guys and get rid of the bad guys. A vigilante such as Jesus or the abolitionists, yes, they did want to see those religious institutions or those government systems changed, but their greatest passion was for the people who were enslaved and in bondage. We had an abolitionist movement that came through my own community. And I was blessed to learn about how just normal, everyday farmers were putting their, their livelihood on the line day after day after day, seeing slaves given their freedom. That was their passion. Now, they didn't agree with the government institution. They didn't agree with the fact that the, ch the church a lot of the time stayed silent about these issues because they wanted to remain neutral. They didn't agree with any of that. And so their resolution was not to, not to go and protest and, and shout about it. But what they did was they humbly and secretly ushered slaves as they were taking passage from the south to, to over the Canadian border. They were a safe haven. They were a warm meal and a place to sleep. And they were willing to face the consequences of what they might be caught doing. And that is the type of vigilante that Jesus was. He wanted to see us free, but his main focus and his main concern was our hearts, was us as a person. That's where he put his passion and his focus, was not on trying to change the religious systems and not on changing the government. He knew that by changing us, those things, in effect, would be changed as they needed to be. Everything Jesus is and does is to lift up and celebrate love. Jesus knew that the greatest measure of freedom was experienced when our worth and value is placed above vain traditions. This is why he was willing to 
make the Jewish leaders mad by spitting in the dirt and putting mud on the eyes of a blind man on the day of the Sabbath. He wasn't doing it to be smug, and he wasn't even doing it for the mere show of it. He was doing it because that blind man meant more to him than the vain traditions that those Jewish leaders held so sacredly. They had forgotten who God really is. They had forgotten that God is all about his people. He's not about keeping the rules and the regulations. He knows that a transformed heart is going to desire to serve him. Jesus was the one who said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He knew that the souls of the people were heavy and that they were so burdened with all the laws and all the rules that they just couldn't live up to. And he says that to us still today. He is as a revolutionary looking at each one of us and saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He desires to see us set free by the truth. The truth about what God really thinks about each one of us individually. The truth about what will glorify him in us collectively. And in all honesty, if we, if we take a step back and really evaluate the things that we're doing in the name of church and our Christianity, can we really honestly say that our life moment by moment by moment is spent enjoying the person of Jesus Christ. Because that is what belief in him really looks like. And when we enjoy him, when we enjoy what he has done for us, the freedom that he has given us, that we invite him into the simple and mundane tasks of the day, and in the most difficult decisions that we have to make. Because at the end of the day, this was about Jesus, the vigilante, who was fighting for family. The New Testament church lived as a face-to-face -face community. They lived a shared life outside of scheduled meetings and rules. They were a family. Jesus came to restore us back to the heart of our Father. God is a Father first and foremost, and a Father's greatest concern is for 
the well-being of his children. That we would trust him and obey. That we would put our faith in who he is and that we would walk a life of honor and obedience to him. It's a great concern of mine for not only everyone out there, but for myself as well. That we've become sleepy and complacent in just going through the motions. And that we have become preoccupied with things that really don't reveal these truths. It doesn't reveal Jesus as the revolutionary that he came to be. There was a film that I had watched right before COVID-19 had struck our nation and this pandemic began. And uh, it was called Sheep Among Wolves. And it's a free film um, that you can watch on YouTube. And I, I highly recommend that you would watch it for yourself. It is about the Iranian underground church and the impact that Jesus is having through this movement of Christianity. I mean, Muslims are being converted by the droves day after day after day. And there was one Iranian pastor in particular who had written a, a piece where he was addressing, and he was addressing America. And I just, I wanted to read that um, because it's a powerful and thought-provoking article. The article itself, if you want to read the entire article, is called Infidels in Iran and Apostates in America. So that way, if you want to read the entire thing for yourself, I'm just going to read this portion that a, a friend of mine had posted on Facebook, and it just struck me to the core and really spoke to um, what I was wanting to touch on this evening. And it says, So America, I ask you this, are you being discipled by Jesus or by coronavirus and Black Lives Matter? Are you discipling people to Jesus or are you making disciples of this year's events? If the latter, what will you do when the winds change? The only eternal word is Jesus, who is the word of God. I can tell you firsthand after years and years of seeing the gospel take root in the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Holy Spirit will sort the secondary things out. They're important. They matter. 
and he'll give you the power to forgive your enemies. He can heal your land. Incredible things are happening in Iran to and through Iranians by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't have the freedom you have in America. But I'll tell you this. I'll take the Iranian Islamic regime over democratic freedom any day. I mean that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is breathing on persecution we are enduring as disciples of Jesus in Iran. And the gospel is sweeping through our country with more might and power than COVID-19. Iranians are going to crowd out the sea of glass. We're going to need a lot of seats at the table at the wedding feast. We have plenty of injustice in Iran and God sees it and he cares and he's dealing with it and he will deal with it. But we aren't discipling Iranians to solve temporal problems of this temporal age. We're discipling for eternity. Fight the good fight. So many of you are willing to die on the proverbial hill for what you believe, and I love that. But die on the right hill. There is a time and a place to invoke your constitutional rights. Paul did it. But Paul did it because he was caught in the act of spreading the gospel. And he invoked his right as a means of spreading it further. Don't get distracted by social justice movements and neglect making disciples to the only one who can actually solve our problems. And don't fight so hard for your right to gather that you neglect to actually spread the gospel. Lean in and ask the Lord what new wineskins look like for your neighborhood, your city, your state, and your country. What old wineskins do you need to leave behind? What changes should you and your community make now to meet 2021 with strength as a disciple who makes disciples? That's our command. That's our commission. We are disciples who make disciples or we're disobedient. You have the freedom to preach the gospel where you are. We don't. We'd really hate to see you squander your rights for anything less than eternity. Get your eyes on the king and his kingdom coming and keep them there. We love you. We're for you. The church in Iran is praying for you. We're on the same team and we'll see you in eternity. I definitely want to make sure that I'm fighting the good fight. And I don't want to squander my rights to preach the gospel freely and openly while I have the chance. And I, I leave you with this question. Would you dare to be a vigilante who puts complete focus on the oppressed? Because humility is truly being feet washers.
that we would go low, that we would be willing to serve and to love and to honor and to breathe life and to do what Jesus said was the greatest command, to love the Lord your God with all that you are and then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we would be willing to pull those who have been beaten and left naked and for dead in ditches. That we would be willing to dress their wounds and, and take them where they need to go and to participate in their healing process and to celebrate them. I truly wonder if the reason that we get so caught up in social justice movements and the reason that we shout about the things that we're concerned about is because we just haven't been taught ourselves how to be a disciple of the revolutionary Jesus Christ. Once again, I say, it's time to tear down and to start anew with Jesus as our cornerstone. Well, I truly hope that I was able to get my point across and, and, um, and bless you. I don't want anyone to feel condemned, but I sure do hope that I, I stir hearts with the things that I talk about. If you have any comments or questions, you are always welcome to click on the link in my podcast description and you can leave me a voicemail. Or if you prefer to email me, face-to-facekmj at gmail.com. I welcome anything that you have to say, and I'm more than happy to pray with you or answer your questions. And for next time, I am working on my first interview with author and pastor Morris Aaron Shapiro. He wrote the book titled Three Muslims and a Jew. It was a wonderful, thought-provoking read, and I I'm so excited and looking forward to interviewing the author and discussing his thoughts and his wisdom as someone who is, has walked in this life 
first as a he was raised as a as a Jewish young man and then converted to Christianity. And I believe that that has given him insight to a multitude of of things that has given him a greater uh, a greater perspective because of the things that that he's learned uh, through his life experiences. So really looking forward to that and I love you all and God bless and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.